with the rising cost of medicine itself. How can we scale while also reducing wait times, reducing costs? Because pretty much every innovation in healthcare actually raises the cost of care. And right now, healthcare expenditures is 20% of GDP. And I thought, why can't we provide something of a similar effectiveness at a fraction of the cost? Welcome to Scrubs and Squats, the podcast where we discuss health and health policy so that you're better prepared to make the decisions that will give you more power over your business, your career, and your life. I'm your host, Tiffany Ryder, professional athlete turned emergency medicine physician associate, health consultant, and benefit strategist. I have nothing to sell you and just ask that if you like what we're doing here, you review this episode and subscribe. Real quick, before we get started, I have to remind you that although I'm a licensed healthcare professional, my ramblings here are just opinions and information and should never be taken as medical advice or as the official views of any affiliated organizations. I believe that primary care providers are the real superheroes and you should check with yours for personalized guidance. All right, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, today I am talking with Dr. Ashley Mack, who is a physical therapist who has developed a technology platform. Uh, It's a really interesting discussion because it goes outside of the in-person physical therapy versus telemedicine and really moves into a space where he talks about designing this program where he's offering customized solutions for a patient Um, but they are all run through the algorithm of his digital platform. So I think you will really enjoy this and it is informative and innovative and creative. And I would love to hear what you think. All right. If you like it, like, and subscribe. Thanks. Hey everyone. Uh, my name is Ashley. I'm a physical therapist. I've been practicing since 2012, working in the outpatient setting and transitioned into actually opening up my own physical therapy practice and strength conditioning clinic. And then moved out to California where I end up closing down my spaces and have been focusing on working with patients in person while also working with folks virtually to actually help people dealing with chronic and acute sciatica pain, getting them back into doing the things that they love. And in addition to that, being so inspired by all the technology that's been happening in the Bay Area the past recent years, I've developed a software program that actually helps patients fix their sciatica pain on their own time, 15 minutes a day, anytime, anyplace. The biggest feedback that I hear from patients is that they're having trouble getting their physical therapy appointments paid or their co-payment is a ton or... They're just not sure how they're going to get to and from the therapy appointments. So when I found your podcast and started following your work on LinkedIn, it was really exciting to me to just see that someone's using the technology space to try to make things more convenient and cheaper for patients because that increases their access to care. So tell me what actually stimulated you to go from this brick and mortar space to a technology platform? So I think there were a couple of different reasons. I think number one, from a selfish standpoint, I really love traveling. I knew that as a physical therapist, in order for you to take care of people, you have to be there, quote unquote, in person. And there's a lot of benefits to working with people in person. You can see things that you might not necessarily see via video, but you can also move the body with your hands, which there's 
a lot of research on the power of using touch. But then also on the other hand, being able to provide that access. Um, I remember when I opened up my clinic in Hoboken, I was the go-to physical therapist when you were an athlete and had athletic injuries. And people were saying, man, Ashley, I wish there was someone like you out in Montana where my cousin, who is a super active person who wants your help. What I found to be really interesting is that I've always been kind of teetering on this like hands-on therapy only to no hands-on at all. And truth be told, there is a place for both of those types of modalities. There's a lot of physical therapists and not every physical therapist is created equal. And so there are going to be those folks, we'll call it the old school way of thinking, where someone comes in with back pain and they go through the 30 exercises that they've been giving to every single patient with back pain. Then I actually had that identity crisis early on in my career. I said, I've been doing these same exercises. Where is the clinical decision-making part of it? And that sparked my ability to start really focusing on, okay, let me get the information that is needed to take care of my patient. And I started getting these patients better faster. And it was really great because I think the most important part of pain management from a physical therapy standpoint is what we call patient-centered care, where you're asking the patients the questions that you need to ask in order for you to make the best decisions. But it's a dynamic process where you do a stretch. Does that stretch make the patient feel better? If it does, great. That's information that is important for you to say, okay, let's go down this line. If the stretch actually makes the patient feel worse, you should definitely not provide that exercise for them for right now. And it allows you to say, let's change your course. And so as I evolved and transitioned into um, leaving, say, the brick and mortar clinic and starting my own, I didn't have a relationship with insurances. Um, and you know, that's a whole conversation of its own, but me stepping out from insurance has allowed me to practice the way that I wanted to. And I was able to continue to focus on patient care. And I realized that over the years, as I've gotten more experience, patients get better faster. What ended up happening was the fact that I would actually become more expensive and the more expensive I become, what that also meant that there were less and less people who could truly afford the services. And I remember going on these calls and intro meetings, and there are people who really could need my help, but truly couldn't afford me. And people deserve to have good quality care. And I think people should for sure pay for the value that they're getting. But truth be told, no one ever wants to be in pain. No one ever chooses to have sciatic pain. No one ever chooses to have back pain. And so why not leverage technology to be able to deliver something that's a little bit more affordable that one allows me to still work on those clients who can pay me in person, but then also provide those tools that can help people um, who might not necessarily afford it. How has it worked out for you? I mean, clearly it's working good enough that you're offering it and your business is growing. But I guess my question is, do you sometimes have patients who go through the digital format of training and aren't able to get all the way better and end up coming into the office to see you? Or how does that dynamic work? Great question from a direct access standpoint. Physical therapists have this terminal degree. It's a doctorate degree. And so because of that, we are often the first people that patients see when they're experiencing issues, say for sciatic and low back pain. What's important for us as a whole, is to be able to spot those medical red flags, those things that are actually outside the scope of my ability to treat. And so when I work with people 
what ends up happening is I'll ask them, have you had fevers, loss of sensation, weakness, all these questions. And if they answered yes to any of those, I would actually tell them right away, before you work with me, let's have you work with a physician to make sure that all of this stuff is medically clear um, because it's outside the scope of my practice. And I'm not a person to waste someone else's time and money. And so I really keep a very active eye um, in that. And then in some cases, um, if they really do need some hands-on treatment, I will tell them right away. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I had limited experience with plain, boring, run-of-the-mill back pain on my own. I went to physical therapy and it was like, oh, lay on this heat pad for an hour and then go home, right? That was the extent of it. Um, but I've seen the other side too. I've had friends that just couldn't walk, essentially, were evaluated. There was no emergent issue. It was just this muscle spasm creating a sciatic pain. And I have seen hands-on physical therapy take those people from unable to walk unassisted to walking, you know, with three out of 10 pain in an hour. So I definitely see the advantage of a hands-on solution. But at the same time, do you need that hands-on solution every time? I have no idea. I'm not the doctorate in physical therapy, but it's an interesting concept of can people do their exercises and improve their flexibility and take care of their body in a way that can keep them out of the office. Yeah, for sure. And um, I like to tell people like manual therapy, hands-on therapy is just a tool. Exercise is just a tool. Stretches are just a tool as well. And there's no shortage of people who can do hands-on stuff. You have physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists. And there's also no shortage of exercises. You can go on YouTube and just type in back pain exercises. And really where people are getting the most amount of value, most amount of help is actually when and how and why these exercises or tools are being used. I remember early on in my career, I would go to get like a kinesio taping certification. And then I started kinesio taping every one of my patients because I thought that was the best thing ever. You have a clinician to figure out what tools are you going to use and at what time and on what body part. And that is where I think the collaboration that you have with your therapist or with any healthcare provider, where you're actually providing that necessary information. I think a lot of times when uh, medical visits are so abbreviated, people don't necessarily feel like they were able to get the information conveyed. When I work with my patients during my initial evaluations, my evaluations are probably about an hour, hour and 15 minutes long. The first 45 minutes is me asking a lot more questions before they actually do anything. And so going back onto the technology side and how to grow and scale, I looked at it from a couple of different ways. One, I recently read a statistic that there's like a 9% turnover. Like there's a ton of physical therapists who are leaving the clinical workforce because they're just getting burned out. And we're thinking, you know, what's the solution? Should we pay them more? Should we do X, Y, and Z? But also it's a long degree. You're looking at seven years of schooling. So even just the influx of new clinicians is starting to slow as well because of all that. And with the rising cost of medicine itself, I look at how can we scale while also reducing wait times, reducing costs, because pretty much every innovation in healthcare, whether it be technology um, or procedure or whatnot, actually raises the cost of care. And right now, healthcare expenditures is 20% of GDP, which means that for every $5 spent, a dollar is spent on healthcare. And what's yeah. really interesting is the fact that our healthcare outcomes aren't better than anyone else's. And people end up getting torn between 
Should I end up going through insurance space or should I pay out of pocket? And people get placed with all these various problems as things get more expensive. And I thought, why can't we provide something of a similar effectiveness at a fraction of the cost? Why can't we put our thought processes um, and how we manage people in a technology that allows us to be able to do kind of what we do at a grander scale and uh, make it cost less for the patients, which then allows us to be able to focus on, you know, the bigger problems, more complicated cases. And so that's where the technology comes in. Yeah. So that's actually what I thought was so unique about your approach, right? I like that you shared that about how healthcare innovation ends up costing us a ton of money because I think that that is the reality in most cases. And I think that your product is unique in that you're saying, here's this innovative process that I have established and set up, but it's something that is being provided directly in general. Anytime you can pay out of pocket for your health care, that is a win for you. It's a win for the government, for society. It's, uh, it's the way to go. As long as this is an effective product and it is safe to use, then why the heck aren't we doing more direct healthcare. Absolutely. I think what's really important is that we have to be able to screen, telling people it probably is a good idea for you to get looked at first or get some sort of clearance. So actually before anyone even starts this program, they should go through medical screening. Again, this is not used to diagnose anything, but if there is something that is out of the ordinary, it will prompt you before you proceed, talk to your doctor first before doing anything like and I think that's a very important thing. I see a lot of programs really missing. Once you get past that clearance, you then go through a series of questions. A large part of it is being able to say, if you are experiencing back pain, you're not presenting any of these medical red flags, you're probably doing some stretches on your own at this point. But I think the most important part of measuring your progress is to actually say, where's your starting point? So before we actually even go into any sort of stretches, any sort of additional questioning, we actually say, what are you experiencing right now? The level of your pain, what is actually triggering your pain to begin with? So that way we can just keep track of that. So it allows you to say, okay, I am making progress on the daily basis. From there, once we establish your baseline, we'll actually walk you through on how to assess your own posture. And then we'll ask you questions about your posture. Are you shifted or are you standing up straight? And so based on your response, we'll actually say, okay, now it's time to move to the next step. Try this stretch. If you try this stretch out, does it make your pain better, or worse at the same? So really basing it off of how you're feeling. So based on your responses to these questions that we ask you, you'll actually then be provided a set of exercises and stretches. But I know that when I work with my patients, a lot of my patients will say, Ashley, you're magic. When I'm here, I'm feeling awesome. And then I would see them the following week and I would see and say, hey, how's it going? They're like, Ashley, I feel terrible. Yeah, And I remember at that time, there was no follow-up. There's no follow-up between sessions. And so a one-hour session is only 4% of a day, which means that it's even less than a percent if you're seeing these people once or twice a week or even you know once every couple of weeks. So with this program itself, you're actually getting daily follow-ups 24 hours later to be able to say, hey, Tiffany, how are you feeling? If you're feeling better, awesome. We're going to go with this plan. If you're feeling the same, we're going to go with this plan. If you're feeling worse, we're going to go with this plan. And it allows us to, one, keep track of how the daily behaviors are, but then also number two, it will change based on how you feel. And that's how pain management should be because our pain is 100% unique to ourselves. Yes, there's going to be very similar presentations of pain, irritation, sciatic nerve, you're looking at back pain um, and leg pain, but 
in some cases it might just be back pain or in some cases it might just be leg pain. Track of that is going to be huge. And then basing the decisions of the next steps off of that information is what really drives people's recovery. That is so cool. It's not really the way that I had thought of it before. Let's say I'm seeing a physical therapist once a week, but it's really hard for me to get in three times a week because I can't take off work or, you know, whatever the situation is. Can someone combine this with their in-person physical therapy? If I'm a physical therapist listening to this podcast, should I be looking into getting this to help my patients? It's a great question. As a patient who's working with the physical therapist, I think it's very important for um, the patients to communicate that they are looking at other programs that could supplement. So I think that if you're a patient looking to try this out, discuss it with your PT first. So then that way we're, you're both on the same page. So it's not overwhelming. You're not getting conflicting uh, information. And I think that's one of the big challenges with what uh, the internet right now is like you go and type in sciatica pain relief. You actually see, I think the last time I checked, 21 million articles about that. And pretty much even on the first 10 pages, you're going to see four beds are really good for sciatica pain. And then every other article is going to say four beds are really bad for sciatica pain. And so being able to have what we'll call this like therapeutic alliance where you're saying, okay, PT, I think I want to try this. That way they can keep track and make sure that what you're doing is working. If you're a physical therapist thinking, wow, this is a cool program. It might actually help my patients stay engaged. I think it's a great opportunity because this program actually allows patients to track their pain on a daily basis. It's hard when you as a physical therapist are seeing patients two to three times a week and you're trying to collect all this information after the fact. And so being able to have this information, be able to have this patient say, okay, here's my symptom behavior. I have it on paper. It's kind of like a digital pain journal. That will actually be helpful in regards to helping you as a physical therapist guide your treatment reinforces that still at a lower cost than if they were to have to pay out of pocket and all this extra, extra cost. Because again, no one ever chooses to be in this pain. When I think of it, I can only look at it from my own perspective, right? But I think, wow, if there was an app, right, that my patients could download when I discharge them from the emergency department, and it had been developed by an ED physician or an EDPA, um, EDNP, and it prompted them 12 hours after discharge and asked them, you know, these questions about these red flags that would tell, depending on their answers, go back to the ED. Have you called your primary care? You know what I mean? Like, I would be all over that, Ashley. I would be so excited to be able to share that with my patients. And so, you know, just thinking through the process, it seems like something that could be a nice resource for your colleagues, essentially. Um, and then my next question was, as far as direct access, um, you know, patients certainly benefit from direct access, but I think employers benefit from direct access medical care as well. So when I first discovered your podcast and found out what you were doing, one of my thoughts was, I wonder if he's working with businesses to connect and provide services for their employees, especially there are certain occupations where these lower back injuries are more prominent. I wonder if that would be a good use for this type of program for employers. Absolutely. I think it's a, it, I think what's really interesting is when you are looking at the industries that require manual labor, we'll say construction, even driving as well. The people who are providing the services don't necessarily have the time to take off work. 
to go see a physical therapist, you know, two to three times a week because, um, because they just can't. And in addition to that, it is important for us to be able to see money without the drop in quality as well. And quality is really dependent on the outcomes and the results. I originally developed this because I just said that there's a bunch of people who can't afford me, but then I started looking into, all right, well, why can't they? Is it because of time? Is it because of money? And oftentimes it's because of time and money. And I thought, okay, well, why can't we provide this in a convenient way that's also financially efficient for people and employers? It's important for employers to obviously take care of their employees, but with the rising in costs, it makes it very, very difficult. Prices are only going to continue to go up. And so everyone is getting cash strapped and uh, it's really exciting to be able to provide for people um, in those manual intensive industries. We don't always think about who's getting paid hourly and who can work from home. But if I don't go to the hospital, I don't get paid. So I think that this time off work affecting not just me and my ability to pay my bills, but also the hospital and their ability to do their job if I'm at home writhing in pain or if I have to take off to go to a medical appointment three times a week. There's just a significant burden in that. And so I really love the idea of supporting innovation and direct practices where we are paying ourselves, whether it's me or my employer, and really making it convenient. I think one of the other big things is, see, for example, you have a large 20,000 person company. And truth be told, if you have one physical therapist, they won't be able to manage all 20,000 people, which meant that every time you hire another clinician, it's like another really big added cost which I think that there's a huge value for adding a person. But in some cases, if you already are being squeezed dry by just the overall cost of healthcare, trying to scale and serve more people, it just makes it extremely challenging. And even in just today's world, I believe that, or no, not believe, I see that there are way more people who are sick and need medical care than there are people who can render care. And I think that there's a lot of really great innovations in regards to improving efficiency allowing clinicians to spend more time on patient care, but it still doesn't necessarily change the fact that a PT has to manage 20,000 people, right? And so here is this tool that can address those folks who might not necessarily have the flexibility to wait to see a physical therapist as well as access. And again, that time to see them or even just a location standpoint as well. People will go on vacations and the last thing that you want is, is needing someone or needing something and like everyone's gone and you have to wait and suffer for an extended Yeah, yeah. So that's a really great point also. I can hire one physical therapist and then maybe someone sees them once a week in person and then is able to use this as a way to extend their reach with clear boundaries on when to come back and when to let me know if there's something else. I feel like that could actually have a lot of value. And it's really innovative and creative and different than what we're doing now. But uh, but really cool. So if I am an employer or an individual and I want to reach out to you, how do I find you? So if you want to learn a little bit more about this program, it's called the Sciatica Protocol. And the website is sciaticaprotocol.com. 
And then if you want to get in touch with me, there are a couple of different ways. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's how I actually got in touch with Tiffany. Uh, it's Ashley Mack. Um, and uh, I, I, I think I'm probably one of the very few male Ashleys um, that are out on LinkedIn. So I'll probably pop up um, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y space, M as in Mary, A-K. Yeah, um, and it's actually Dr. Ashley Mack. So I always type in Ashley Mack and then I'm like, where is he? And then I see, oh, it's the doctor. There it is. And oh, then, you know, he's you. got like 16 letters after his name. So that's how I find you. Um, and then, so we have that. And then you can also send me an email. Um, you can send me an email at info at ifixyoursciatica.com. I love that you're willing to try new things and put things out in the world and see what we can do to bring more access to more people. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I think the way that I see it is that the worst that could happen is that I can just focus on more patient care, which is a great thing because I love patient care. But I think at this point in my career, how can I leave a bigger impact on this world? And I think that this is something that can help a lot of people. I think it actually also has the potential to inspire people in adjacent industries that maybe don't have anything to do with physical therapy, right? But just hearing this model and the way that you're putting it together, I think is inspirational for clinicians in general. If you don't mind, can you tell us how much this product costs? Because I can say that finding out how inexpensive the pricing can be to seek care was really interesting to me. And I, I just wanted to share that with my listeners. I would be happy to share it with. And I think one, um, I'm a huge fan of price transparency. So I think it's important. And, and we've had discussions like this. Healthcare is one of the very few industries where you have no idea what you're going to be paying for until the service is done and months later. Yep. So that's one thing. Um, number two. So just to kind of give you a little price comparison, when people work with me uh, individually, it's $250 per session. Uh, and that's one tether in person or via Zoom. The average physical therapist right now out of pocket is like 150 plus. And then even for insurances, physical therapists are billing $150, $200. Maybe they're getting paid out 110 of those. This program itself, it's $10 a week designed to make it so that you stop using this. Right now, there's a three-day free trial. I, I encourage people to try it out first before they spend money. Um, there's really no harm aside from being told that they need to get it checked out further. I know for my personal health insurance, it cost me $50 a session in a copay. So 50 times three is 150 bucks a week. So I just thought, I thought that was really interesting. And, and I'm also a huge fan of price transparency and just really wanted to put that out there in the universe. Well, thank you so much for asking. Yeah, of course. All right, Ashley, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much, Stephanie. It was great. All right. Take care. All right, that is it for today's episode of Scrubs and Squats. I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please like, review, and subscribe. And we will see you next week.